0: Do you know how to unite people behind you, child Keridan? The quickest way? No? Loose a lion, a rabid lion in the streets, and when panic grips the people, once it has turned their bowels to water, calmly tell them you will deal with it. Then you kill it and order them to hang the carcass up where everyone can see. Before they have time to think, you give another order, and it will be obeyed. And if you continue to give orders, they will continue to obey for you will be the one who saved them, and who better to lead.
1: Hello, I'm Will, and this is my wife Dallas. Hi! And this is Not the Beginning, a podcast where a longtime Wheel of Time fan and a Wheel of Time movie read through each of the 14 books in this long series. Warning, this podcast may not be suitable for younger audiences, and will contain spoilers. If you have not read Robert Jordan's The Dragon Reborn, please proceed with caution.
0: On this episode of Not the Beginning, we will be diving in and discussing the prologue and chapters 1 through 4 of The Dragon Reborn. Note, I have not read past chapter 4, and Will is going to do his best not to bring anything from the rest of The Dragon Reborn or the next 11 books in during our discussion. So as long as you've read through chapter 4, you should be good. If you haven't, I recommend pausing here and going to read them.
1: This episode's chapter summaries, courtesy of dragonmount.com, White Cloak and dark friend Jacob Karadin is given conflicting orders concerning Rand Thor. One to kill him, the other to use him. Perrin guides the tinker woman Leia to Rand's camp in the Mountains of Mist. Min predicts Leia's death. Rand broods about his duty and fate as the dragon reborn and causes an earthquake. Perrin tries to convince Min to leave the camp. She declines. Moraine shares Leia's news of strange movements by a White Cloak army on Almuth Plain. Perrin is tempted in his dreams by first Balzamon, then Lanphir, though recognizes neither. He then dreams of the sword Kalindor in the Stone of Tear, and is woken by a warning from the wolves. Okay, we're here. Book three, season three. Book three. Book three.
0: Dragon Reborn.
1: Yep. We don't start with the Dragon Reborn. No, we, we start don't. with Perrin, and this book is a lot of Perrin.
0: Which is funny because it's entitled The Dragon Reborn.
1: Yes. In a book that should potentially be all about Rand. It is not all about Rand.
0: He also is like, Rand is on the cover. And you just get like, Perrin with his arms in the corner.
1: Yep. I'm I'm assuming that's Matt as well with him.
0: Yeah, and I don't, that doesn't look like Matt. It
1: doesn't look like Matt.
0: Matt has dark hair, right?
1: I, I think so. I don't know. You're asking the wrong person for what colored hair. People are because I can't picture them.
0: True, but you looked at a fan art.
1: Have I? I can't. I can't recall those images.
0: You designed a cosplay.
1: That's true. Anyway, we wouldn't have started with Rand in the prologue anyway, but we we start with a white cloak. Did we do a white cloak last time? We did. We just don't know who.
0: Yes. The man who called
1: himself Bors.
0: Yeah. And it was the weird. Dark One meeting.
1: Yeah, the white cloak mask—not the white cloak, the dark friend masquerade.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's like weird party, but okay. This
1: time though, Pedro Nile is a white cloak, and he's very clearly not a dark friend.
0: There is a dark friend though.
1: Jacob Caradine's having a bad time.
0: Yeah, he is. He both him and. Bayar get, like, reamed in by Pedro Nile. Yeah,
1: he's notably nicer to Bayar, though. I think he just thinks Bayar's, like, a zealous idiot.
0: He does. He doesn't... He very clearly doesn't think very highly of either of them, and he calls no. them both idiots. Right. But at least he doesn't threaten to kill Bayar.
1: Right. And he also... So the, the main difference is probably that Cardin's a question he does not like questioners he basically no one likes questioners. no one likes questioners not even the white cloaks because pedro nile at one point thinks to himself like the questioners are only loyal to the questioners they're not loyal to the light no and they're not loyal to the white cloaks
0: which we get a good picture of in the show which is interesting because we see valda in the show yeah he's
1: got... not he's not a questioner in the books.
0: Oh, see, because he they mention him mm-hmm. in this, which was fun. I get to meet book Valda.
1: Yep, completely different character.
0: Okay, maybe they're combining in. I don't in know the what show. they're doing. I, I do kind of like Valda in the show, even though I, I he's like
1: sinister.
0: He's sinister, but like you love to hate him.
1: He's got, I think, a little bit of Petronel going on in the show.
0: Okay, yeah, not
1: like like this is like an old man. He, he thinks to himself several times that, like, I'm old. <laughs> yeah, he does.
0: And that one of the things that makes his conversation with Carradine so funny is you were mentioning, like, the even if I die of old age, you will be dead with it. Yeah, at one point you don't he's like, my...
1: at one point he's like, so he tells, we'll start with what he's, what we start with in the book is, Bayar is basically recounting the events of, at Falma to Pedro Nile, who is Lord Captain Commander of the White Cloaks. He's the chief White Cloak. His like cloak is the whitest.
0: And it seems like this is not the first time that he's relayed this story to yeah. Nile either.
1: And there are pictures of Rand and the battle that he had with Balzaman in the sky, mm-hmm. and this is Niall's like, strategy session. Yeah. He calls Jacob Cardin in, who he does not like. He doesn't like any questioners. And he tells Carradin that you have to keep Randall Thor alive. And that's that's where the quote comes in. Because he wants to use Randall Thor, who he's kind of assuming is a false dragon. But also, it's, he seems to indicate that he thinks that Rand might be the real thing.
0: Yeah, I was a little confused there. Like,
1: more than other people. Like, he's clearly a little smarter than everyone. Because yeah. he's recognizing signs that other people aren't. Right. But he's telling Carradin to have the white cloaks... Not obviously help, but help Rand and the growing army of Dragonsworn. Yeah. Who are the people around Almath Plain and Toman Head who have witnessed the fight in the sky and lost their minds and decided that dragon guy's the place to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, to be fair though, if you see someone fight a guy in the sky... Yeah. And there's a dragon banner, and then all of a sudden there's a bunch of past-dead warriors, like, yep. fighting a bunch of stuff. I think he's the dragon, too. Oh, yeah. Like.
1: No, totally, totally, totally. It should be mentioned that Bayar assumes and tells Pedro Nile that Jeffrey Bornhold was killed by Aes Sedai, and that the battle at Falmouth was the Aes Sedai moving out in force.
0: Yeah, there is some stuff that he talks about about Sedai using their weapons as or using their powers as a weapon, yeah. which is not supposed they're not supposed to do. Sort of to be fair, he could have been witnessing Nynaeve and Egwene.
1: Or the Damani. Or the Damani. I mean, he, probably, he definitely witnessed some Demone.
0: And But also, the Nynaeve and Egwene, who are not Aesodai. No. They're just channelers. Right.
1: There, are, there were so, plenty of channelers there who are not bound by the three O's. Right. Which you have a better understanding of, having seen the show.
0: Yes. Because
1: we haven't really touched on them yet in the books.
0: That is the territory we got into with not with me not having watched the entire series or i've read the entire series before watching the show right. like things are things were bound to get spoiled something did get spoiled for this book from the show yes. we talked about it in our show podcast so i won't talk about yeah. it until it gets brought up but
1: yeah we're not going to bring it up until at least the end of this season so don't worry about that anyway back to Pedro nile in the fortress of light he tells keratin uh, like if Rand al'Thor dies, you will also die in the month. Or actually, no, he he doesn't tell him that. If I die, he tells he tells Keriden, if I die, you are dying within the month, even if I die of natural causes.
0: He prefaced that with if you don't do what I say yeah. and keep Rand alive. So if Rand dies, and I immediately kick the bucket, you're still going to be dead within the month. Right. Me dying doesn't save you from not following my orders. Right. Like, so even if I die, you still have to follow my orders is basically what he was saying. Right. Not like, even if you follow my orders, you're still dead. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, so Niall's got contingencies, which is kind of unfortunate for Carden, who we learn is a dark friend. Yes. Later on, he gets, you know, a rather unpleasant visit from a faceless and no Half man named Dan Dan the Murdraw <laughs> shows up and tells Kyrodin that he has to kill Rand.
0: Yeah, so he is both he is supposed to both kill and keep Rand alive. Yep. It's very Wisteria society. Very fitting. Very fitting. I didn't know that when I picked it because I, I obviously forgotten about it. <laughs> so yeah, he's uh, very Ned making yes. a bunch of oaths to people, and I'm wondering who else he's made an oath to.
1: Who knows? Is he supposed
0: to kidnap Rand, too? Yep. Like... And
1: the threat that the merger Hall gives him is that for every month that Rand lives... A member of Carradine's family is going to die.
0: And one, and when there is no more members of your family left, then I will kill you.
1: But after torturing you for several years. Yeah. Carradine's in a bad spot.
0: Yeah, I feel bad for him, unlike Ned. Sort of. He uh, he is a dark friend. He is a dark friend. But I don't know, especially after last book and witnessing... Ingtar. Ingtar. Yeah. I dark have, friends can
1: redeem themselves. They
0: can redeem themselves, and they may not have known any better to become. This
1: man's a questioner. This man's
0: a questioner, though, so I don't necessarily. <laughs> but just having Aang-Tar as a character has made it so that I'm not automatically like all dark friends are evil incarnate and deserve
1: to go to hell. That's fair. Keradin deserves to go to hell.
0: He also, but yes, he's a questioner, and yes, he's a white cloak, and those two things on its own. I'm like, no, you're, you don't deserve right. my sympathy. But he also kind of seems like an idiot.
1: He's not smart.
0: He's not smart. So, like, did he get swept up into being a questioner because he's dumb? And then did he get swept up into being the dark friend because he's dumb?
1: Who the hell knows? I think he got swept up into both of those things because he's greedy.
0: Greedy and dumb is not a good combination. It's not, and
1: they often go together. They do. So, that's just about all the stuff in the prologue.
0: It is. It's uh, one of the more easily understandable prologues.
1: Yeah, this, I mean, this whole section is pretty, like, set up. Even for a Wheel of Time book, it's very set up.
0: Yes, we did split it at 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 an interesting part.
1: Yes. All of the next all of the like main stuff, the stuff that's not the prologue is from parents' perspective. And this is the longest we've been in parents' perspective.
0: Yeah, usually even in book one we only got about a chapter.
1: Right. This is three chapters, presumably Four. five. Four chapters, presumably five.
0: Yes. I so
1: think. we pick up seemingly a couple months after. Uh parent at one point assumes that Matt has made it back to the White Tower and has been healed.
0: Yeah, and I think they mentioned they had, there's mention of winter, and so seasons have changed. Right. So clearly a, p- a couple months have gone by, and I think they're teetering towards spring. Yeah. Because when they got to Tomonhead, Head, it was fall.
1: Yeah, they did They did jump ahead in time a little bit. And it's we nice. jumped ahead more.
0: And we jumped ahead. In between books is fine. Yeah,
1: they've been traveling. Clearly yeah. they've been traveling. They're, they're at a camp it's Rains' camp. All of the Borderlanders that were with them basically followed through with their allegiance to the Dragon, and they are steadfast followers.
0: And there seems to be more followers because, as we open up, Perrin is waiting on a hill with five other Shina- with five Shinarans, and they're waiting for someone. And this isn't the first time that they've done this. It seems. I
1: don't know that they that there are more followers, or if it's just more Rains' spies.
0: E- But, I mean, if they're willing to walk into a dragon camp, they're clearly not.
1: I said I, though. Like, do you want to get on Moraine's bad side? No.
0: But, clearly, if they're willing to walk into a dragon camp, the dragon's camp, then Mm, they're not I hate the dragon.
1: True. They are not.
0: They're not white cloak sympathizers. No.
1: Although, they could be. The the last order we heard from the white cloaks was to help the dragon. That's true. And we get a little bit
0: of that news. Yeah. From uh, Leia as well.
1: Yeah, that the White Cloaks are basically like herding Dragon Smorn into large groups.
0: And just then leaving them alone, and they're focusing their energy on the Shan-Chan.
1: Right, which, you know, fair.
0: The Shan-Chan are evil, so yeah, yeah. focus your energy on them. Go kill each other. Yeah, go kill each other. I don't care what
1: happens to, to the two groups of you, just kill each other, that's fine. Anyway, Perrin meets up with a tinker woman named Leia. Who has to talk to Moraine. Yep. All of them are women. They're like lone women writers who have to talk to Moraine.
0: Yeah, and they do so with just a desperation almost. Perrin talks about a previous woman that has come up and had to talk to Moraine, and she, she was a beggar and didn't have any shoes, and they offered her like food and water before talking to Moraine, and she's like, no, I have to talk to Moraine first. Yeah. And so everyone has this like steadfast focus on talking to Moraine and then getting out. Uh,
1: she's got an informant network, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, she does. Which, if I hadn't watched the show, clearly that's what the blues are about. Yeah. I feel like this is the book starting to really tell what the blues do.
1: A little bit, Um, yeah.
0: There's something notable that happens while they're waiting for the Tinker Woman, though, is that a raven comes by and they shoot it down.
1: Yep. And the Shinarans are like, that's one hell of a bow, but you can't hit somebody with that up. Like, it takes too long to draw and they could get close. And then a different Shinaran's like, yeah, but you you can hit them real far away with that thing. Yeah. The Two Rivers Longbow is a longbow.
0: Yeah, it is. And we get a little bit of interesting world building in that we learn the ravens have to report back to the Dark One.
1: Right. They're not just constantly able to transmit right. what they see.
0: It's not like warging. No. He can't see through the raven's eyes. Right. So he them shooting down the raven, thus protects them.
1: Yeah, and so he, this section, and them talking about the ravens and the half-men has me kind of interested in, like, this is one of the areas where I, on a reread, I've seen, I, you know, seen this through a different lens, where, like, I'm looking at it more, at, more with a this was inspired by Lord of the Rings context. And, like, that's very, very clear here. Mm -hmm. But it also, the explanation of it and just, like, how natural it felt to the world, I think is a a really strong credit to Robert Jordan, where, like, he took something inspired by something else and then he turned it and made it his own thing. And he's done enough groundwork with his world building Mm -hmm. where it didn't feel weird. And also, thinking back on other fantasy that I've read that's been released post-Dragon Reborn, it's very clear how significantly, the Wheel of Time has influenced a lot of other fantasy that's come since then. Yeah. Like, you you see a lot of the same things that are happening in the Dragon Reborn, not in in the Dragon Reborn, but in the Wheel of Time, happening in a lot of other fantasy. The reason I'm thinking about this is because I recently went on a, a weird deep dive into the Aragon wiki.
0: Because you're strange. Yes,
1: I read wikis for series a lot. And, like, there are 13 Forsaken in the Dragon Reborn that are, like, Chief minions of the Dark One. Mm-hmm. And in, inher- in the Inheritance, whatever, I don't remember what it's called, in Aragon, let's call it Aragon, there are 13 Forsworn who serve the evil king.
0: Oh, man. Hmm. I mean, 13 <laughs> and is are, also a bad are, number.
1: Yeah, but there are Shades in Aragon that are like supernaturally fast swordsmen.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Wonder what that's about. <laughs> It's just there's there's like so many things. I'm like Aragon is is the worst of it, and I, I like Aragon as a kid. Like this is not a not I I'm not slamming it. Aragon, I liked it as a kid. I never finished it. I should probably maybe I'll finish it at some point. But you know, it's just like the the Wheel of Time has influence on fantasy that's come since then because it took what happened in the wheel and not in the Wheel of Time. It took what happened in Lord of the Rings and shifted it and co- twisted it and configured it into something new.
0: I mean, also you know. Lord of the Rings is so much shorter than this entire series, too. not,
1: I mean, like, there's uh, Tolkien put out a lot of stuff. The Silmarillion is long. I guess it's still just one book.
0: Right. And, like, just the number of pages. Like, you can hold all three mass market paperback Lord of the Rings books in one hand. And I can barely hold a hardcover of The Dragon Reborn in one hand without my wrist hurting. And
1: this is the shortest book. Is it the
0: shortest book? I don't think so. like bottom
1: three lengthwise.
0: Technically, New Spring is the shortest book because I refuse to consider that a novella. It's a novella. It is not a novella. It It is is 400 pages. That is just a book. It is a novella.
1: (laughs) Novella all the way. Uh, No, it's just a book. It's 400 pages. Perrin is... Really having a hard time accepting the fact that he has wolf senses.
0: He's trying to actively ignore them.
1: And it comes across, and like you, you've mentioned a couple times now that like Perrin's narrated sequences are some of the most confusing. And like this isn't that confusing until we get to the dream sequence, but like.
0: His conversation with Rand is also confusing. I don't know what's happening. Well, that's just
1: there. because Rand's crazy.
0: No, it's just the description and, like, parents being all vague, even in his own head. It's like, yeah. are you trying to gaslight yourself? And <laughs> I think he is.
1: Well, like, he definitely is, because he's pretending that he's not experiencing things that he's experiencing. So... Like, he'll start to go down a path of describing something, and then he'll switch tacks. And it's really weird that we're in his head in a third-person narration because it switches like it, Robert Jordan switches the language that he uses from like line to line to describe things in yeah. Perrin's point of view and it's a little jarring and a little hard to follow
0: it's very it's a very effective third person limited narration yeah like the the great thing about this and I think why I am resonating with it so much is that you get a really clear picture of what's happening and it's, it is very limited and I limited POV is one of my favorite POVs. Uh I sometimes don't like active first person because then you just get a little bit too much in our internal monologue, but very easily you could replace all of the third person wordage with first person wordage. And it doesn't read like, why does parent know that if we're in first person? Right. So it, it's a very effective yeah. third person limited. And Especially, you really see that with Perrin because you do get that. You get the sense that he's gaslighting himself and therefore he's also gaslighting right. the audience.
1: Because the first time he starts to describe almost anybody, it's he starts to describe how they smell. And yeah. then he switches, like, he he stops describing how they smell before he's done describing it and starts over with what they look like
0: except for land. Yes, for land. <laughs> can, can we just is, Let's talk about let's land. Let's talk about the land description. One, I kind of wish he had started with the smell. I want to know what land smells like. <laughs> let's just say that the description that we get of land in this book from Perrin is um it's a little gay. It's it's a little gay. It it's got some bi vibes.
1: Perrin's got a man crush.
0: Perrin's got a man crush. I mean, fair. It's land. It's
1: land. I have a man crush.
0: I mean, but this is some this is uh, some shit that I would write yeah. from, uh, in a romance this novel. This would be
1: very... It would not be out of place at all in a romance novel.
0: Lan was tall and hard, broad shoulders. Broad-shouldered with blue eyes like frozen mountain lakes. And he moved with a deadly grace that made the sword on his hip seem a part of him. Let's <laughs>
1: just point out how this started with, Lan was tall and hard.
0: I'm <laughs> <laughs> like... That part didn't get me, because Rand has also described him as that. Yeah. It was the like <laughs> blue eyes, like frozen mountain lakes that just got me.
1: Perrin's got the soul of a gay poet. <laughs> Inside of him are two wolves. <laughs> One of them is a wolf and the other is a poet.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that is just my favorite description ever. And I kind of wish it had involved smell because I would like to know if yeah. land smells like roses. Because at this point, I assume land...
1: No, land doesn't smell like roses. Land smells like a hard day's work.
0: I feel like with an undertone, not of roses, but of like Scottish heather. like Sandalwood. And sandalwood. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I think um, after we record this Uh I'm going to go on Etsy to see if there's a land candle, because (laughs) there probably is. and We want to see
1: what it smells like?
0: (laughs) We will report back on Twitter what land smells like, according to Etsy (laughs) research.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, so look out for that. We're going to tweet about what a candle smells like and hope it smells like land. A land mandragorin. A land
0: mandragorin.
1: So, there's...
0: It has to be blue.
1: It does have to be blue, yeah.
0: Because, you know... Blue eyes like frozen mountain lakes. Yeah, or gray. Gray would also be okay, but gray candles are boring. Yeah. Anyway, oh, yeah.
1: Parent is also very happy that... Or, happy is maybe the wrong word to describe anybody in the Wheel of Time at this point in time. Except for Min. Min seems to be having an okay time.
0: Yeah, Min's having... She's annoyed, but she's not having depression hour. She's just annoyed. Yeah. She's like... I don't want any of this, but it's not in a rand. I don't want any of this way where he's just like depressed because he doesn't want this. She's just like I guess. I, th- I guess this is fine. Like just because I didn't pick it doesn't mean I can't be happy. Right, which but is a very I...
1: zen way of going about life.
0: <laughs> but she is kind of like. But I do kind of wish I could pick it. Yeah. We get a lot of summary stuff in this.
1: The first four. It's chapters the first of
0: the book. four chapters of a book, which I always appreciate in sequel fantasy novels yeah. you get those summary bits like there's the we didn't Petr- talk about it there's the a
1: nile bit is good because it's it's how a different character understands it
0: and we get a nice like paragraph summary of the dragon reborn lore yeah. that is like a wikipedia page right there yeah and it's like thanks and we get character descriptions again and we get them in parents perspective instead of rand's this time because we've yeah. opened both books with rand and so any of those he, remember here's what moraine looks like And remember, here's what Lan looks like. Sections were both in Rand. Yeah. Now we get Perrin, who apparently loves Lan's blue eyes that are like frozen mountain lakes. Yep.
1: I mean, so we have the show and we have actors who have been cast as as these characters now. Are Daniel Henney's eyes as blue as frozen mountain lakes? No. No. But that man is Lan.
0: He has got soul, he still has soulful eyes that I want to stare into. Yeah. Which is the point.
1: Daniel Henny is Lan. Yeah. He's a great Lan. Love
0: Daniel Henny. Yeah.
1: Anyway, what I was saying is that Perrin is relatively happy or okay with that uh, the fact that the Shinarans are basically like, yeah, he's got good eyes and can smell good. Yeah. He's holding back some stuff from them, like how good his sense of smell is and that he can see really well at night because he's got wolf eyes.
0: But, you know, they're sitting on this hilltop during the day and he's able to see the woman before they are. And they don't think it's weird.
1: No, they're just like, yeah,
0: this is just a thing. I'm sure maybe if they knew exactly what his connection to wolves were, they might have a little bit of pause, but I think they'd get over it pretty quickly.
1: Because the Shinarians... They'd probably be like,
0: that's weird, but okay.
1: Right, but the, the, the Borderlanders know that wolves hate Shadowspawn.
0: Yeah, but I think it would be more of like a, oh, that's weird. I haven't heard of that before, yeah. but okay. And
1: also, Whereas these right now, particular Borderlanders follow the Dragon Report.
0: <laughs> there's that. But with him being able to see well and smell better than anyone, they don't even think that's weird. They're just no. like, okay, you smell, like, it's mm-hmm. not weird. Right. It's like, why did you even bother telling us? That's just not even, that's not news.
1: Yeah. I think Min thinks something is up because Min always thinks something is up. But also because at one point at night, he like turns around and acknowledges somebody before anybody else even knows that they're there.
0: He scolds himself for it too.
1: Yeah. He's like, I shouldn't have done that. That was too, that was too quick to recognize that somebody was there. And Min's like, do you have eyes in the back of your head? Because that was crazy.
0: Yeah, Min definitely is thinking something's up, and we do get a lot of Min content in this. Which we really do appreciate because yeah. we we don't have we haven't gotten a lot of Min content.
1: No, we have not.
0: We got basically three chapters of Min.
1: Yeah, yeah, Min and parents seem to get along pretty well.
0: Yeah, which I just I don't know why they have vibes, but like they just like they have I don't know what the vibe is, but I, it makes sense that they get along. Yeah,
1: Maybe? they're very like down to earth.
0: Yeah, and it's very much like a just solidarity kind of like just they get along. There's some solidarity there. Yeah, I don't, there's nothing shippy about it.
1: No, it's, despite it's even a tonic
0: like Men like kisses him on the cheek at one point. Yeah, and it parents like, oh god, what do I do? I don't know how to deal with girls. But I, I can just hear from Men's perspective that it wasn't anything. That right. was just "Oh, baby parent.
1: Yeah. And maybe Rand actually does know how to deal with women better than Perrin. (laughs) If Perrin's thinking that about Lan's eyes. (laughs) Hmm. There's something up there.
0: To be fair, it is Lan. It's Lan. Well, he hasn't described any other man that way.
1: No. This is a Lan Appreciation Podcast. Lan is the best.
0: Lan is the best. (laughs) So. I think if we were to ha- ever to have merch, it would be This is a Land Appreciation Podcast. I think yep. that, that would be our first merch.
1: Probably. So th- this section is a lot of scene setting. We, yeah, We learn some kind of foundational things. We learn some stuff about the White Cloaks, about these people who have been meeting uh, Moraine. We learn a little bit about Perrin's character state, like he's hiding from his powers.
0: He's on the struggle bus. A little bit. He's not driving the struggle bus. You no. know who's driving the struggle bus?
1: That would be Rand. That would be
0: Rand. Let's talk about Rand for a little bit.
1: Yeah, Rand has been fighting with Moraine every day. Every day.
0: About the same thing.
1: Yep. And Rand I think like, wants to move. No, actually, no, wait. What it is is Rand wants to go help. claim the claim the Dragon's Horn and Moraine's like, "No." and
0: he's just like i'm the fucking dragon reborn like
1: why why can't i just do this
0: and also but why am i still listening to you right
1: like he's got a little bit of a point but also she's like 60 years old and he's like two (laughs) like listen to mom
0: listen to mom you're
1: not old enough listen to mom
0: listen to mom and dad
1: Yeah, so they're fighting. Min is annoyed with Rand, but I think that's just because Min is like, I'm going to end up with you. Notice me.
0: But also, like, I didn't even get to pick the fact that I'm going to marry you. Right. Like, what the hell? Right. But I guess you're cute. Yeah. It's fine.
1: And she's also swept up in the Tavirin of it all.
0: She is upset that there's Tavirin. We get some good loyal.
1: We do. Loyal starts to go into his whole spiel about
0: Like, I'd be friends with them even if they weren't Taviren and whatnot. And but I just, just
1: wanted to see trees. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then I met these people and they happened to be Taviren, but I also just liked them, yeah. so now Loyal I'm here. is great.
1: Loyal remains great. And we got the right amount of loyal.
0: Yeah. We which just... is any loyal. Which is any loyal, <laughs> Any really. loyal
1: is the right amount of loyal. So there's that. Um We learned some stuff about what's going on in Almuth Plain. There's I mean, a bunch of fighting. There's
0: also... Back to Rand, you know, he's been fighting with Moraine, but he also has a weird conversation with Perrin that I yeah. didn't quite track. And then he causes an earthquake, Yep. which just also annoys men.
1: Yep. She's like, I mean, fair.
0: Fair. He has sad boy hour, and...
1: It's I kind of just, implied that he frequently has sad boy hour out there.
0: You know what? I'm just going to say especially with his fancy coats now, he's got like sad rich boy vibes going on. A little bit. Which means just the backtrack for any Rand scene in my head right now is Death Cab for Cutie. (laughs) 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 Because Death Cab for Cutie is sad rich boy music. Yeah. I love Death Cab. However... It is also sad, sad. sad rich boy.
1: (laughs) It's sad, rich boy time.
0: So, um, yeah, if I was going to make a character playlist for Rand. Yeah, that conversation is
1: (laughs) hard to follow, I think, because Rand is mostly talking to himself and Perrin is not thinking about the conversation. (laughs) Parrot is thinking about himself and Rand is talking to himself and they're just literally in the same place.
0: And the place that they are is like this like secret grove or something that only Rand goes to. Which even just elevates the sad sad boy hour. He just
1: wants to go be alone.
0: He just wants to be alone.
1: Leave me alone, mom.
0: (laughs) And God, Perrin, why are you here?
1: Yeah, but Rand is basically talking about duty here.
0: Yeah, he quotes Lan again. Because of course. Because of course.
1: He quotes Lan, and I think he's feeling, I think this is Rand feeling, starting to feel the actual weight of being the dragon. Before, in the Great Hunt, it was, I don't want to be the dragon. Why is it me? And now he's like, I am the dragon. Oh, God. Yeah. Because he wants to help all of the dragons worn in Almath Plain, who are just kind of roaming around looking for him. They want to help him. They want to unite under the dragon banner. Yeah. But Moraine won't let him.
0: And I think we'll see how I feel farther into the book. But the I am the dragon and I don't know how to do this and God, like, I just feel this weight is much less irritating than the entire book long I'm not the <laughs> dragon. I'm sorry, when you fight someone in the sky, because that happened in the first one, too. Yep. Like, if you used the eye and you soaked up a pool of pure sidine, Mm-hmm. And then you defeat Balsamon, who you think is the Dark One. We still yep. haven't really got confirmation of whether he's the Dark One or not. People call him the Dark One, but Moraine has never called him the Dark One. Moraine
1: has never called him the Dark One, and then it's revealed here that Balsamon means something specific. It means heart of the darkness in the Trolloc tongue. Yes. Which is not the Dark One, so maybe he's... I it's mean, unclear. He been stabbed a couple times, and Moraine's like, do you think the Dark One would be defeated in a silly sword fight?
0: Right, so, but we haven't gotten confirmation that he's actually the Dark One. But, like, if you, whether he's the Dark One or not doesn't matter for this point. Rand thinks he's the Dark One, and you defeat him in a sword fight after using up a giant pool of pure Sidene. Yep. Like, you're the dragon. Yeah. I'm sorry, my dude. Like you got mar- <laughs> <laughs> you've got main character disease and Yeah. You did the thing. You're the dragon and then he spends an entire book <laughs> being from like it. I'm not the dragon.
1: Yeah. Dude. Yeah, so that conversation is a little confusing, and that's all we see of Rand.
0: Yep, he has his sad boy hour, and then he goes off to his he room. He has and that's sad boy
1: three pages.
0: He has sad boy hour, and then he's like, oh, well, if you're not going to leave me alone here, I'm just going to go to my room. Right. And then he doesn't eat dinner again. Right. Again, Perrin comments that like, he doesn't think Rand's going to come get any dinner again.
1: Right. Um, let's talk a little bit about the earthquake, because Rand just kind of casually causes an earthquake. He
0: didn't mean to, but it's all that's another thing where it seemed like he meant to. And then after, he's like, I didn't mean to do that. And just like, Perrin, pay slightly closer attention to what's happening so that I understand what's happening.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aaron is so far the least reliable of the narrators.
0: Yeah. Just because he
1: just doesn't like. He's in his own head too much. Well,
0: and he's refusing to use his senses properly, so you can't trust what he's saying. He's like. Perrin is a very good example of an unreliable narrator.
1: I think so, yeah. The others, not so much. No, because... it's just a limited narration, but that right. doesn't it mean
0: it's unreliable. Right. Perrin is unreliable.
1: Perrin is unreliable, which is weird. It's it's weird to encounter that, thinking about it. It's like, everybody else isn't necessarily unreliable, and Perrin kinda is, and it's...
0: I would all ar- I would argue that Padden Fane is also an unreliable narrator, but that's just because he's cray.
1: Yes, that's true. <laughs> but Patton Fain isn't in denial.
0: No, but that's he's still unreliable because he's mm, okay. batshit insane.
1: Yeah. That's you fair. can't
0: trust you can't trust what he's observing is actually what's happening. Very fair. Like even in like Rand's perspective, he doesn't have all the information. So what he's observing may not be fully accurate, but at least it's not
1: It's what he's actually
0: observing. observing. He's just not interpreting it correctly. But the audience can possibly interpret it correctly from what he's observing. He's just interpreting it wrong. We can't even be sure that what we're observing is proper with parents.
1: Yeah, a, a really good example of that for Rand is if you go back and read the first book, knowing that he can channel. There's stuff that he's experiencing and we're getting his actual experience as it it as it actually happens, we're not getting the full picture because Rand doesn't know the full picture.
0: But you can notice those things going back. Right. Whereas if it was an unreliable narration, even going back, you might not be able to see it.
1: Right, because Rand might Rand might do what Perrin's doing and think that it's something else entirely.
0: Yeah, but. So but we yeah, get... Rand,
1: Rand causes an earthquake and it um, so earlier Min had seen a vision around Leia of her death, but it was her face bloodied.
0: And it I thought based on the description that it was just her head floating above her shoulder. Yeah. all bloodied. Which to me seemed like she got beheaded, but we're Maybe. not. And that's what Min probably thought. Yeah. Because she's like, M- she gonna die.
1: But the earthquake knocked like a tea kettle off of Moraine's wagon and it hit Leia in the head. And And She she had a gushing wound,
0: and then Maureen healed her. And so she's like, but wait, is that it? I've never been wrong before. And then Maureen's like, I mean, you could have just interpreted it wrong. I don't think she interpreted it wrong. You
1: think there is more to come?
0: I think that there is. We do
1: end with uh, Merdral coming.
0: Right. The Twisted Ones come is what wakes Perrin up. So (laughs) there's going to be some sort of fight.
1: Something's happening.
0: And she's a tinker. She's not going to fight back.
1: No. She's just going to stand there and die.
0: I mean, I feel she like could run. she could run when it's Trollocs. I feel like even a Tinker would run. Yeah,
1: the Way of the Leaf really doesn't hold up against Shadowspawn.
0: No, I think they would. The Way of the Leaf, like we see a glimpse in the show, like they the Way of the Leaf was stand and face your ground, right. but don't do anything. I think uh, all bets are off when there's a Trolloc.
1: Yeah, and like you can't be. There's no amount of pacifism is gonna sway a trollic. You're never gonna convince trollics to follow the way of the leaf. And harming a trollic doesn't harm you because it's it's not good. It is inherently evil. It is a twisted,
0: but I can s-
1: created creature.
0: But I can see them still not wanting to do violence. But uh, they would definitely run. Yeah, if they were smart. Yeah, and even if this woman is smart and tries to run. We saw what happened at Winter Night. People were running.
1: Yeah, the the trollocs run as fast as horses do.
0: So you can try to run, and they're gonna catch you anyway. So yeah, she's probably not gonna make it out of this, which
1: is a little sad. F, big F, big old F. Yeah, that happens, and then Perrin has a dream. It's real weird.
0: Yeah, I wasn't really able to picture it together, so I just kind of wrote some random things that I noticed. Yep. There's parents at an inn. Yep. And there's a fancy man there.
1: Yep, who tells him to go home. Who
0: tells him to go home. Apparently according to the summary from dragonmount.com that is Balsamon, that makes sense. Yep. But he didn't recognize him as Balsamon, right. which I don't know if that if Balsamon did that on purpose. Does
1: Balsamon not have he doesn't have fiery eyes, I guess. He's dropped the Disguise,
0: yeah. So, I guess he's dropped whatever disguise he has, and or is so
1: putting on a different face. Because even in, in, in Falma, Walzman still had, fi- he was still like, ah, I got fire eyes.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. There's then there's a gold, then there's like a bridge, and he's wearing like a gold helmet, and then a pretty woman shows up in silver, in silver, in white
1: and silver, and, and that's obviously, that's clearly, land fear. Land fear.
0: He also doesn't recognize Lanphir, but I don't think he would recognize Lanphir. The no. only one who would is Rand. Rand yeah. So Landfear shows up, and mm-hmm. then he sees a sword hanging in midair, which I'm going to guess is what's on the cover, which is Kalendor. Yep. And then... He wakes up with the twisted one. Yep.
1: He also overhears a little bit of a conversation in this like in this room with the sword, which is like red, filled with red. It's like a huge chamber with red sandstone pillars. It's the chamber on here. Um, it's the chamber on the cover. Uh, and he's like he's like hearing sort of a conversation. It's not. I'm... He can't figure out words or anything, but he knows that it's happening.
0: Yeah. So there's uh, that.
1: I didn't pick up the fancy man tells him to go home, which is an interesting thing to pick up. There's something going on there.
0: There's, there's, he talks for several, like, he's like, you want to go home. Just go home. Like, go be, don't you miss being a blacksmith? And doesn't, doesn't your friend Rand miss being a shepherd? And like, yeah. And so.
1: I've got to admit, I thought this fancy man was somebody else. I didn't think it was Malsman.
0: I don't know. I didn't know who it was because we didn't name him. Right. So I just was like, oh, there's a fancy man. Oh. But it's a dream. So it being Balzaman does make sense. We'll find out.
1: Yeah. And then the wolves wake him up with the twisted ones come. And he basically like jumps out of bed and is like, ah. yeah. But And then the section ends. Not a whole bunch to talk about here because it's all set up.
0: There is some things. I don't know if we touched fully on the news from Almuth Plain. Um there we talked about the white cloaks being yep. there that aren't making a necessary move against the dragonsworn. People are hunting for the horn of Valyr, but that's not news. No, not like, really. It's been found. So yep. good luck. But mm-hmm. there's a mention of the soulless Yep. And mm-hmm. Uno mentions it and then ev- and then basically everyone gets a look from Lan and Moraine like shut up, shut up, shut up.
1: <laughs> so Which is a weird like why would you like
0: So we're not supposed to talk about the souls. No, I know what
1: they are, and why do Moraine and Lan care if they're talking about them or not? Like it's not a not a bad thing to be talking about them.
0: So I'll find out, I guess, what they are. Yeah,
1: Min and Perrin don't know what they are. A little yeah. surprised that Min doesn't. But
0: maybe she does.
1: No, because she's like, does I don't she... know what they are. Maureen, can you set wards against them?
0: Oh, okay.
1: And Maureen basically says, No, I can't. Right.
0: Yeah. So I don't know what they could. Or be.
1: like the wards that would like the wards that she would set against them wouldn't be particularly useful here.
0: Yeah. So we'll figure so, out. Yeah, that's
1: a question. God, just,
0: well, just, that's just a question mark.
1: Yep. Like I said, not a whole bunch. It, it's set up. It's the beginning of the third book. Yeah. Yeah. I think we just about covered everything. I think so. Let's do our recurring segments. And then I want to revisit your predictions for the book, now that you've seen the first couple chapters.
0: Okay, I don't remember what my predictions were. So
1: let's redo some predictions later. Okay. So first up, weird prophetic auras.
0: I'm going to go ahead and venture a guess that the sword hanging in midair that looks like it's glowing is the sword that isn't a sword. That's
1: a pretty good guess. (laughs) (laughs) So... It's got a fancy name.
0: It's got a fancy name, and it's pictured to be more ethereal. And I think Perrin basically says the words sword that...
1: Sword, but not a sword.
0: Sword, but not a sword. So the sword that isn't a sword. That's that's probably... That's
1: that's pretty close to confirmation, I think.
0: Yeah, I think that's... I can't think of anything else. Let me find my notes for the weird prophetic auras. We talked about
1: Min's singular vision.
0: Yeah, and that's what that is. Leia's
1: still going to die.
0: Yeah, we haven't gotten um, anything else, I don't think, because we haven't seen Nynaeve or Gwaine or Elaine. Yeah. Oh, we do get some interesting information about Min's visions, and that is that they are always present around Aes Sedai and Warders. Yep. There are some people for which they are always present, and then sometimes she'll look at a person and it's there, and sometimes... to look at that person again and it's not there yeah and it's implied that perrin is one of those people that she always sees something for he's daviran and perrin is like don't tell me and he's like oh sorry i didn't mean to snap and she's like no that is the appropriate response some people are like please tell me and i'm like no what is wrong with you so yes thank you for snapping it i would not i wasn't going to but you you had the (laughs) right reaction wasn't
1: gonna but okay (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's good. I I am enjoying the Min and Perrin vibes.
0: They've just got like solidarity vibes. Yeah,
1: they're both in it and they don't necessarily want to be in it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I think maybe the vibes I'm picking up on now, seeing coupled with Perrin's description of Lan. And Min has always given me like bi vibes. Uh huh. So I don't know. Is it, I, it, maybe I'm just picking up on the. M-L-M-W-L-W vibes. Like, the solidarity. Maybe. Like, could be. Maybe that's it.
1: Shift updates. Like, zero other than Min knows she's gonna marry Rand.
0: Yeah. There is a funny moment where she's she says something to the effect of I just wish I could choose who to fall in love with. I mean, I, what? I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that was pretty funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, favorite moments. I just like frozen mountain lakes. Yeah. I, actually, for me, it's Pedrin Nile being the most intelligent man in the room. That twice. was also good. And like in a smug way. Like at one point he he tells Jacob Cardin, in my day I used to be considered a fine tactician. As if this fucker isn't currently one of the great captains. <laughs> yeah, there he's are just got like there are a few of them. It's Pedro Nile, Agelmar Jahad, Gareth Bryn, um oh man. Uh, Rodo Literalda, who you haven't met yet. God, who's None the... None of those f- other names sounded familiar who's either. The fifth? So. There's a fifth one and I cannot remember his name. There are five of them and this is one-fifth of those people.
0: No, he seems like a really smart dude, and he had some quality lines. Yeah, the like quote we picked for this episode—that's just like quality stuff. That's like Tyrion level. Like he's
1: got, he's got good, like Machiavellian like, vibes. Yeah,
0: which I do just appreciate Machiavellian vibes. Yeah, there was a phase in high school where I was weirdly obsessed with Machiavelli.
1: Yeah, I mean, who doesn't have that phase? <laughs> I read The Prince.
0: I didn't read The Prince. I just had, I you found had, a
1: couple... You were obsessed with Machiavelli and you didn't read The Prince?
0: I just really liked some of his quotes basically.
1: Okay, well, that's an easy thing to do. The man has some some quotable stuff, but is also...
0: I've read sections of the prince. Like, I just haven't geez. sat and actually read the entirety of the prince.
1: It's weird. So, let's talk about what you think's gonna happen now that you've seen it.
0: Well, Perrin seems to think that Matt has been healed already. Uh-huh. That's too easy.
1: We need to see that. We
0: need to see that. Okay. And unless they're gonna jump backwards in time, Matt's not healed yet.
1: Okay. Other it could be than... like a parallel thing.
0: Could be, but I don't think they're going to go backwards in time when they've already started a couple months ahead.
1: They it could. It's like entirely different paths.
0: That would get into Witcher territory, which I would just not be a fan of. Fair. But yeah, so I don't think Matt's healed yet. Um, He's going to Tarballin. Mm-hmm. He's definitely going to get into some trouble there once he's feeling better. Yes. But I don't know. I don't really have any... Nothing else. What else. Oh, I have actually read the back of the book this time, so I obviously know what's going to happen. Whereas I hadn't read the back of the book summary when we <laughs> did the last predictions. So Rand runs away. That's yeah. not a spoiler. <laughs> That's not a spoiler. That's, not a spoiler. That's on because the back it's of the on the book. back of the book. I am one of those people who doesn't read the back of the book before they read a book. I usually read the back of the book when I put it on my TBR or buy the book. But then, by the time I get around to actually reading it, Either I don't—I have forgotten and don't know what the book's about. I just be like, oh, that cover looks cool. I'm gonna read it today. Okay. So yeah, Rand runs away, and we get a lot of everyone hunting him. I think that's basically what is happening.
1: Okay, cool. So nothing really to add, having seen the first four chapters.
0: No, nothing really. Okay. To add, I just don't think Matt's healed. That's.
1: That's the only takeaway. That's fine. It's the first four chapters.
0: And I don't think I had a whole lot of predictions for this book.
1: No, the Great Hunt ends at a very clean place.
0: I think, like my my predictions were basically from what I remember is that I don't think Matt's gonna get healed at the beginning of the book i think it's gonna take it's gonna be at least a plot point sure and we're not gonna like if we pop up and we're just in Tarvalin and, and he's healed i think i'm gonna be a little <laughs> mad. it's gonna be the opposite of my show reaction which was like oh thank god for just accelerating this timeline uh-huh. but uh, we've already spent two books on it so let me actually have closure on it yeah i want closure on that storyline that's fair and then i predicted that rand would finally just admit that he's the freaking dragon and
1: clearly he has and it's causing him problems
0: and that has already come to pass in which he's now having the sad boy hours of I don't know how to be the dragon yeah. which fair and sad that's dragon gonna... hours. sad dragon hours <laughs> yeah sad dragon hours
1: all righty this was the prologue through chapter four of the dragon reborn book three of the Wheel of time
0: next episode chapters 5 through 10
1: okay. Bye.
0: Bye.